Hey there, thank you so much for listening to our Big Time Talker podcast. I'm Burke Allen, live in our studios here in the nation's capital, Washington, D.C. Our guest today is award-winning author Eric Westergaard, and the show is a service of SpeakerMatch.com, the world's largest online virtual speakers bureau. If you're a meeting planner or if you're a speaker, you can check out SpeakerMatch.com. We have new episodes of the Big Time Talker podcast every Tuesday. You can subscribe and download at Spotify, Apple, iTunes, iHeartMedia, wherever you get your podcast entertainment. Today, we're talking books, and this book is not only uh, a gold medal award winner, but it's also uh, a book that, uh, check this out, the Literary Titan Gold Awards calls it a thrilling adventure that seamlessly blends history and fantasy, and Eric Westergaard Congratulations on your success for Soul Scepter Time Marauders. Thank you so much. It's great to be talking with you, Burke. So they say you can't judge a book by its cover, but in your case, I think you kind of can because that book cover just makes you want to grab it and crack it open. So let's start with that. Where did the idea for the cover for Soul Scepter come from? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm glad you enjoy the cover. So um, the soul scepter is a mystical element that enables time travel. And um, when it's activated, it emits a, a large red mystical flame. And so my uh, cover artist and I thought it would just look really nice to have an image of the scepter uh, with this cool flame coming out of it on a contrasted with a cool kind of epic looking blue background. It does look fantastic. And the book just came out in uh, April of 2023. And you're racking up the accolades. Now, would you call this a, um, a a YA, a young adult targeted book, or who is your target reader? Yeah, so I would consider it a young adult book. I would say the target audience would be most similar to The Hunger Games because the protagonist and um, other teenagers in the book are 16, and there's a ton of action and adventure with some non-graphic violence and a number of adult themes that are sprinkled in so that a lot of adults have enjoyed it as well. You know, Eric, it's interesting. Great young adult books uh, become great books for all ages. And this book has adventure and it's got, uh, you know, time travel, obviously, as you said, is a, a big part of it. And there's a, a, a terrorist plot in there. Um, you have a military background and I wanted to, to ask you, how much of what you wrote in the action sequences come from your background as a captain in the Air Force? So I think a lot of the action scenes are are influenced by that. I was personally, fortunately, never directly in combat, but um, my role in the Air Force was as a dentist. And so every day I spoke with people who were coming and going from combat um, of all ranks and, and career fields, I was at a um, spec ops base for about a year and then at an Intel base for about four years. And so I got kind of a good pulse on what it was like to be in Intel and in, in spec ops with, without actually being in it. And so I think just being in that culture and community and going through kind of the, the military trainings that, that everyone goes through really helped me give a lot of um, flavor uh, to help it make it feel real. And I sometimes um, like to compare myself a little bit to Ian Fleming, who worked in as a naval officer. He worked in intelligence and he was able to write kind of sexy, exciting uh, combat scenes. And I think part of that was because of his time in the military 
but at the same time he was removed from the combat and so wasn't burdened by the massive amount of PTSD that might have prevented him from writing um, combat scenes. I think that makes a lot of sense. So you were sort of uh, adjacent to the special operations guys, but you didn't yeah. have to go through some of the tough stuff they did. You just got to hear a few of the stories. Um, you with, with soul scepter when this book wrapped up did you have any inkling that you know you'd start winning awards for this thing um and that so many people would would want to be into it so quickly because unless i got this wrong this is your first book correct yes it is um so I'm kind of one of those people who dreams big and uh, I I didn't have expectations necessarily because you never know with any kind of art form. But um, I, I am extremely grateful and pleased that it has had such a, a positive reception. And um, it's been exciting to get feedback from people who have said that it's made kind of a difference in their lives. One of my goals for writing the book was to be able to provide people with some inspiration to get through tough times in their own lives. And I had 42 um, teenage beta readers that I was really lucky to be able to connect with. And about five of them said that they were glad that they had had a chance to read the book because they had moments in their life where they felt like they didn't want to continue living. And so some of the elements in the book were helpful to them. And so it was great being able to talk to them and, um, and to kind of make sure they were getting the help and support they needed in their personal lives. But I think feedback like that is kind of the biggest motivator for me to, to write um, more than any awards or, or accolades to actually make a difference in the lives of young people. Wow. Yeah. That must've uh, given you pause when, when you heard that. Uh, yeah. uh, Eric Westergaard is, is our guest today. He's the author of this award-winning new book, soul scepter time marauders, and and I guess I should refer to you as Dr. Eric Westergaard. Um, you have a totally different thing that you do on a regular basis than writing. And that is, as you said, you're a, a dentist. So how do you square this incredibly uh, specific occupation with this really creative sidelight as an author? Oh, I just have so many interests and passions for life. Uh, I, I've had to just carve time away from schedule and family to make sure that I, I can focus on writing when I've had the chance. And it's made the process take a lot longer, but uh, it's, I think, provided a lot of spice and flavor to life to be able to have variety. And um, it's been something that I've really enjoyed. What is your writing process, Eric? Uh, you know, as a guy who's got a pretty demanding career, do you write early in the morning? Do you write it at night when you get home? Do you sit down and say, I'm only going to write uh, for an hour this evening, or I'm not going to get up until I've written a thousand words or 2000 words. What is your process? Um, I think morning works the best for me. That's when I feel like my, I'm the most alert and the freshest. And then it seems like maybe kind of in the evening, that's a little bit when I'm maybe daydreaming or just kind of thinking through scenes or imagining scenes and then, you know, I go to sleep and then wake up in the morning and, and then get cracking on it. Did I read this correctly, that that you are the father of five, including triplets? Yes, yes. So it's a quiet house then, the Western <laughs> Garden. <laughs> oh, no. Far, far from it. Far from it. Um, um, yeah. So what is that like? How do, how do you 
uh, how do you explain to the kids, look, dad needs some quiet time to do some writing or do you do it all before they wake up and get moving? Oh, usually, um, I, I usually try to set aside time. Like, Hey, this is like when dad's going to play with you. So like, they know like, Oh, five o'clock it's time to play with dad. And so since they kind of know that I'm going to be playing with them at a certain time, then I think that that's helped them kind of like when they see me working on the computer, like, Oh, dad's working on the computer, but I know he's going to play with me later. So it's, it really hasn't been too much of an issue. I thought it would be a bigger issue, but they've been kind of accepting of it, but we have a lot of fun together and you're right. It is never quiet. (laughs) I can imagine soul scepter time marauders is the award-winning new young adult fiction novel from uh, award-winning author, Eric Westergaard in today's world, Eric, it's, tough to get young people's um attention because they're bombarded with so many messages we didn't have even a generation ago you know you have reddit and tiktok and all the other social media platforms and and young uh boys especially but young girls as well are uh, you know uh, gamers how much of that went into your writing style to try to capture kids attention when it, it they're pulled in so many different ways. Oh, that's a excellent point. That's a really excellent point. Um, I kind of had to realize that a lot of the books that maybe I um, grew up reading that were written um, decades ago were able to maybe take much longer to describe a scene or to um, go off on tangents or go off on backstories and, and kind of have these chapters that maybe weren't as necessary to the book. And people would still push through those chapters and still read it and still enjoy the book for the many amazing things in it. I realized that I don't necessarily have that luxury. And it has been super important to me to try to make sure that each chapter and I try even each page is engaging and and wanting to have the reader keep going forward so that they don't feel like they're lost and they don't know quite where the plot is but yeah that's a great point because yeah i'm competing with um entertainment that uh kind of gives people only a three second attention span so um but what i have found is there still are tons of teenagers and and young adults who are avid readers and love reading and so there's still very much a, a target audience for that but you're right it's books are have a lot of competition these days sure was it tough for you, and now that you're a couple of years removed from it, to put yourself into the mindset of of your young characters again? How do you how do you kind of peel back that adult onion and get into the mindset of the youngsters in the book? Great question. So, uh, I have a a 15 year old son, so that's helpful. Um, my protagonists are 16, and uh, also. I've been involved in like as a Boy Scout leader and mentoring teenagers, which which has been a lot of fun and exciting. And then um, most of my early editions of the book were were read by adults and I got adult feedback. But I really realized that I needed to have a broader age spectrum of feedback. And that's where those younger readers came in. And right. It was so fun to get to get their insight on um like what they think a teenager would actually do or wouldn't do and to integrate that into the, the the story and give it a lot more flavor and relatability. Were there some uh, things that they gave you that surprised you some nuggets of wisdom that you incorporated into the book? 
Oh, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. There were a lot. And I think a, a lot of them uh, weren't necessarily um, big picture related with the plot, almost more with the individual characters and their interactions. Like maybe if there were, it was an interaction between two characters and they would say, hey, you know, this conversation didn't make sense. Or I thought this person was being a little overly dramatic. I don't think someone would really talk like that. And um, it, it was, they really helped me um, hone in on the characters and give them kind of uh, more texture and, and make them more real. Eric Westergaard is our guest. The book is called Soul Scepter Time Marauders. It's a, an award-winning uh, time travel fantasy book. And uh, it's got a, a 16-year-old protagonist. Uh, the character's name is Will Donovan. And um, Will, without giving too much of the book away, is is the son of a terrorist, an infamous terrorist. And so he grows up being bullied and shamed and and wanting sort of out of a bad situation. It's always, I think, a, a fine line for an author who writes for kids, Eric, to to want to impart some nuggets of wisdom in there, but still make it a page turner, make it an interesting book for kids to read because nobody, especially a teenager, wants to be preached to. Right. Um, and yet you do have this character who's dealing with some things that that you know we all dealt with as teenagers being bullied and being shamed and and all that. So as you were writing this, was there subtle messaging that you intended to put in there or was that really more of a character development uh, plot point? Uh, Both. There was a a lot of intentional subtle messaging and I didn't want it to be too on the nose or, or preachy at all. Um, I really kind of wanted to um, there is some, a little bit of bullying early on in the book. And um, it was interesting. That was one of the big things that was different between the um, adults who gave me feedback and the teenagers was a lot of adults were like, yeah, people don't really get bullied like this. This isn't realistic. And then I asked the teenagers the same question. Like, no, I deal with stuff like this all the time. Right. So um, I, I did want to pr- present some themes that I felt like young people had to deal with, such as bullying or criticism or adversity or tough home life or um, feeling like they're not good enough or feeling like um, they don't have what they need to be able to succeed and kind of intentionally sprinkling that into the plot without being preachy about it, just so that it kind of was something that organically kind of um, uh, provided some, I guess, some, some nourishment along with the kind of fun entertainment since this is a time travel book um and you go back to the medieval uh, times it's a little difficult to do really good research you know if you're doing a historical novel about world war ii there's lots of footage out there lots of things that you can find online the farther back you go in time the narrower that window is where you can get good research what did you do from a, you're writing a fiction book, you're, you're making this up, but what did you do in terms of research on this book to make it ring true? Oh yeah, you're absolutely right. Researching that far back is tough. So I had so much fun doing research for this book. I got an idea of where I wanted the book to take place in England. And then I was lucky enough to be able to go visit those places. And so places like Arundel Castle and Arundel, Littlehampton, Stonehenge, the Tower of London, London Bridge, um, are 
all they're in the book and they're places that I researched specifically to that time period to make it feel as real as possible. And I've done a lot of um, just reading from uh, texts about those time periods. And it was kind of fun and learning a little bit about the limitations that I might have. For instance, I wanted it to be as real as possible. But of course, in my research, I realized that the English back then didn't sound hardly anything like what Hollywood portrays medieval English as. And so I went with kind of more of the what we see in Hollywood of people speaking in medieval times. And um, uh, but but it was a thrill. It was a complete thrill going going to England and seeing those sites and, and speaking with um, museum curators and asking them my questions and talking to some of the guards at the Tower of London about like if someone had to sneak into this castle and in, in medieval times, what are some ways they might be able to do it and kind of getting their feedback on that. And so um, it, it was a, it was a real thrill. I really enjoyed it. One of the fun things too, is I had a couple beta readers from England who lived in London and they were able to just throw in a little bit of their two cents from knowing the area well and the, the kind of modern culture that there and how that would um, certain things would be perceived by modern audience looking back at medieval times. I like the way you research. Hop on a plane to England and, and go see these places in person. I love that. If you need a research assistant, Eric, I'm your guy. <laughs> Sounds fun. <laughs> um, what about this process now that you, you've got your first book you know, behind you? You're now an accomplished, award-winning author. Congratulations. What about the process of writing the book surprised you? So uh, I think I'm just an imaginative person. I have so many book ideas. Um, In hindsight, I think I might have been, it might have been easier for me to write a book that wasn't historical fiction as my first book and then write this book because I, I wrote so many scenes that involved a lot of research but then when i looked at the plot on drafts two three and four that i realized had to be cut out so um i think learning the writing process with a a maybe less ambitious plot might have served me well but um either way uh i think it turned out very well i'm very pleased with it um and so um so yeah it's it's been pretty exciting what happens next? Is there a second book in the series or you're going to write something completely different? So it's going to be a five book series. And in book two, they're going to time travel to the future. Oh, you're taking them in a whole different direction. Absolutely. Yes. That will be really difficult to research. <laughs> unless you I'm, know something I don't know. Oh, I'm having fun with it. I'm reading um, some books I've read in the past, but rereading things like 1984, Brave New World, and then uh, other dystopian books just to kind of get some ideas for the future world that I want to create. But um, one of the the elements of this future world is that uh, the the antagonists who are, it's a modern crime organization, um, in this future world, they've essentially taken over the world and the the main characters are transported to a world that they've taken over with modern technology and this kind of dystopian landscape that the villains have set up and will will donovan be your uh your lead guy in the new book uh yes throughout the series very good well i wish you all the luck in the world with it it's uh, uh soul scepter is the current book it's now a reader's favorite award winner and 
Uh, picked up the Historical Fiction Company's five-star, highly recommended award for anybody looking for a unique and intelligent adventure with some time travel and some heroic kids. This is it. Dr. Eric Westergaard, thanks for being on the program today. Thank you so much for having me. It's the Big Time Talker podcast brought to you by SpeakerMatch.com. New episodes every Tuesday. We talk to lots of interesting people about what they're into. Hope you enjoy the conversations. For my special guest today, award-winning author, Dr. Eric Westergaard, I'm Burke Allen in Washington, D.C. Thank you so much for listening. Now go out and make it a great day. Bye, everybody. <laughs>